Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So, this is the Bitcoin Formula, episode one. Welcome again, Data Vetterin. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, I'm fine too. Um, um, I'd like to talk about the sort of the the most important question around Bitcoin: what it is. What is Bitcoin today? And to understand Bitcoin, it's a good thing to try to understand money first, right? What is money? So let's go back in time uh, and talk about what is money. Where did it come from? Well, money is an interesting concept because. Uh, it's actually extremely old. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like 25,000 years ago. Yeah. Uh, there are historical records that uh, people were using something to keep track of debt. Yeah, yeah. So when, when they... For instance, the island of Jap. That, that is one example, but yeah. it goes even further back in time when you had people were hunting and they were uh, killing a buffalo or something yeah. and then... He could that hunter could possibly not eat the whole buffalo himself. So no. you have to eat some of it and yeah, give that. away some of the of the meat to someone else yeah. in the tribe, and and you have to keep track of who how much meat everybody ate so that the next time the other hunter yeah. gets a buffalo, you have to know how much back how much meat you can get back. Yeah. Uh, so keeping track of debt was actually the the, the the first use case of money, and that happened like twenty five thousand years ago. Yeah, probably we don't know that exactly, but I mean, it, it's a replacement for bartering to barter stuff, to to make a trade be able to delay a trade or make a trade over a bigger distance. For instance, when you say bartering, I think most people think about bartering in terms of you know using another thing as an exchange. But if you are referring to bartering as something that you can exchange for an event that will happen in future then yeah. yes then then you could view money as as bartering because it's not real physical tangible things that you barter with but you barter with that that some can happen sometime in the future right so yeah. so in the case of the buffalo uh what i what you be, give me is something that i can keep track of so i can give you that back and get meat later on right that's kind of a trade uh, yeah. settle in, in, but, in, into the future. But yeah. do, do we have a debt involved in this one? I, I, yeah, the, the, according to anthropologists, yeah. uh, uh, money was started with debt. I mean, all historical records show that money started with some kind of, of debt. But, yeah. but I think that's kind I, of... It's an IOU, yeah. a record. Let's yeah. talk about those stones. A very long time ago on an island, some peoples were using very big stones and on these stones, they carved out their holdings, more or less. And uh, they could sort of 
switch holdings or transfer holdings between these stones and somebody guarded the stones it's pretty similar to the blockchain of bitcoin yeah I, th so this is another thing this is on the island of ya yeah right and and uh, so there are that's when and human beings have all through time just invented different forms of money automatically so yeah natural and, and i do, think right? i think that money has uh, there are different forms of money right that there are there are these giant stones where you carve in what are your holdings and there are these smaller stones that you use to trade with yeah. to keep track of that and there then you have another form of money is uh, something that is proved uh, to have a lot of work behind it like digging gold from the ground that you know yeah. it's scarce and therefore it has some value because it's difficult to extract from the earth's crust and that is also some form of money because there, it, it's kind of a, this proof yeah. of work behind it to, to grab it out of the ground. So, yeah, but it's also scarce. It's also scarce, yeah. but yeah, but it, it's. But that, that's, there are many different concepts uh, in this area, like hard money or intrinsic value or legal tender. And gold is something you often call hard money, right? Yeah, the, well, because it's not a debt, usually. The yeah. actual money, the actual. So gold, thing you're using for money is not a debt. It's yeah, not an IOU. Yeah, that's true. So, so there are different kinds of money, I would say, right? Yeah. Because, but, so I think there are two different camps here in in economy. In, in economy, I mean, if you track the historical records of money, the initial use case of money was to keep track of depth. And, but that doesn't yeah. mean that's the only form of money. There are other kinds of money, yeah. right? There are there's gold that is money, and it's scarce, and it and and it's difficult. The reason why gold is money is because if anything would be money, if it was very easy to access, then everybody would have infinite amount of money, and then yeah. the concept of money would be useless, right? Mm -hmm. Because the interesting aspect about using something that is scarce is that it's a very new, it's a it's a neat way of decentralize. A blockchain, right? It's it's a very it's a nice way of decentralizing, keeping track of things. Yeah, because everybody knows there's just a, a finite amount of this. Yeah, because money. because then you know that no one else can just invent or create money for himself yeah. to buy things. That's because why, that's why people, gold has been people, six thousand years now. Yeah, people would count that as unfair if mm. a random person can just invent money and then go and buy things. And there's no proof of work behind it, and and uh, so 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 all of these things where is money a commodity or is it debt or whatever? There are different kinds of money. Exactly. And I think that it would be unfair to say that this is money and this is not money. I mean, money as a concept has changed through time, yeah. and there are, and and money has evolved into different stages. And, yeah. and and sometimes it goes back to a different form and it sometimes it takes a leap to like another form yeah. but but this is not the general sort of perception among people because I, I meet with many people at banks and talking to talking to representatives for banks and they don't know often where money comes from because money is very it, it's, it's very, very tricky, tricky yeah. right yeah. because it's it depends what you're talking about first yeah. if someone says what is money well define it first right because there's there are different kinds of money right yeah, yeah. and and the reason why gold is uh, a good money that it used to be is that it, it was uh, it's universally scarce yeah. right so so that that has some unique properties and it's universally scarce in the in a way that it doesn't rust 
Yeah. It keeps, it preserves itself. You can. It's the same for all for everybody in the world at yeah, all times. Yeah, and and so I would say that you have so money today is 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 very different from what money used to be, right? And yeah, and money keeps evolving all the time to to different forms, and it depends on on what people invent and what people think it's, it is fair, etc. Right. Yeah. So so what happened in the in the history of money, uh, monetary history? What happened later on was that coins were invented, like gold coins, for instance. Yeah, but there, I think money was there were different kinds of money. If you, if you go back to like say Europe and during the, the this is not particularly related to Europe, but this is the piece of history I know yeah. is that in the 16th century in Europe there were there were two forms of money. There were private money, which were wealthy families. They had. Uh, a lot of wealth stored in gold and other things, and they issued bills of exchange that said that well, he, it, it's an IOU that yeah, yeah. that you can use, and these started to circulate outside their their the, these families, right? So they they became tokens of money, right? Because everybody knew that these wealthy families they had a, they were behind this this uh, token so i could always go and re redeem that token to gold or whatever that they backed it they backed with, with it with the other resources they with had with other resources they had and exactly the same thing was for kings and and or other you know uh, depending on the, so the country owners the, the country the owners land owners, uh, yeah. the landowners the, the king itself could also issue money and uh, and it also had the ability to tax right so it could collect money from uh, wealth from the people yeah. and and so the king issued tokens as well right and usually through a monopoly of violence yeah or so mon monopoly on violence yeah, yeah so w what the king did was he could uh, he could establish something called legal tender exactly yeah. saying that these tokens i will give to the people you can use these tokens to buy things from merchants on my land and they are not even allowed to decline that. If they do, we're gonna chop their heads off because they are <laughs> illoyal to the king, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody has to be loyal to the king. Yeah. So there were these two kinds of money, and it was a like a power struggle, right? You have the wealthy families with their belts of exchange, and you had the king who forced his uh, money. Yeah, but it's still all, it's built still built on trust. It, yeah, well, the ones using the money have to I trust the people. Um, not issuing not, the money. Not in the case of public money. That was backed by violence, right? If you if you don't accept the money, you you could be. Uh... Yeah, well, in, in the long run, but I mean, in a daily sort of daily life, you trust that this money will still be worth something tomorrow. Yeah, in, well, in the terms of uh, the king, so the, 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 the public money, then then you if the king, it is still fiat money. I mean, this uh, concept of fiat, we haven't explained that either. We need, need to talk about fiat. Yeah, so this is, again, the difference between the money, the two different monies that existed yeah. in the 16th century of Europe, is that you had the private money, right, yeah. with the bills of exchange that circulated, and then you had the money of the king, yeah. which wasn't really backed by anything except by violence, right? If you don't accept it, you can get, you know... Yeah. You can get killed, right? But the, the both fiat money, both to, to, types of money, is uh, fiat money, right? Uh, it's invented out of thin air by somebody. 
it's who says it, this is worth something you have to trust it's it? true but one of the money the private money could default right because mm -hmm. if you had this bills of exchange and this wealthy family which happened time to time that they were you know gambling away all their wealth and then you came with the bill of exchange <laughs> and then you want i want to redeem this for what it was worth and then the trust was gone and the trust was gone and so they could default right mm. but the king's money that can never happen because Okay. Through the monopoly of the king, no, no. he could say that merchants must allow, accept this thing. Of course, this is not the entire truth, because if people do not trust the king, then the, the money uh, defaults as well, right? And, mm. and, 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 and at the time, there was a struggle between two camps. You had a camp that said that money should be worth its own uh, weight, right? It, 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 if, if there's silver in the money, it was usually silver coins, mm. in, in, at least in England. Uh, it should be worth what, it's, what the silver content is of mm. that coin, right? That was one camp. But the other camp said that this is just an abstract token. Mm. And if you do not accept it, the king will chop your head off. And so you you would have to accept it and and the king says that this it has this value and if you don't accept it you will get killed yeah. and and of course one of the problems with the coins were the people sort of sort of, sort of scraping away part the, of the... the the problem with coins that had intrinsic value so called intrinsic value where they have silver contents they they would they will do exactly what you say they will uh, chop off a little bit piece of silver yeah. and then pass the coin along and then finally you could get another coin <laughs> by the contents of things that you have uh, taken they, away there from we the get into coins. this concept of intrinsic value because that's something people modern economists often talk about that Bitcoin does not have intrinsic value, not, so it's not, yeah. it's not useful. It, but, but nothing it, has intrinsic value, exactly. really. Yeah, because Even gold it, is something we just invented. Well, it has some value in the industry, but not much. But it, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the so industrial the value is, is far less than the actual value of gold. Yeah, the, the, the gold but, but the concept of intrinsic value, it means that the money you're using has some sort of built-in other type of value than being a mechanism for trade but that's or not, store of value. But that's not really true, right? Because it's just every, a theory. It's, nothing has intrinsic value because everything, all value is based on supply and demand. Yeah. If everybody would stop believing in gold, yeah, nobody would buy it. If it no, nobody would use gold anymore. Nobody gold would accept is, gold is, anymore. Is, yeah, yeah. So, so, and gold, the price of gold is is fluctuating, right? Yeah. It, it depends how much, you it's know. It's a bubble. It's a 6,000 euro bubble. Yeah, but the, the, but there are some properties with gold that makes it unique, right? It's it's yeah, finite. Yeah, this yeah. finite supply, mm -hmm. and as long as there's some demand, it will have some value, yeah. right? But, but let's let's go back to the 15th century. Yeah, the 16th century, 16th century and the, and the 17th century. There was century. a historical event, 1694, right? 1694. That's the end of the 17th century. Uh, that that's uh, one of the most important uh, things that happened because you had this yeah, for the modern economy. Yeah, for the modern economy, because you had the private money with the people of wealth, and you have the king's money, the public money. This was in who, England. It was in England, and it was enforced through, well, ultimately through violence, right? You, you will the, prove disloyal the, to the, the king. The king had a problem with money. He needed more money, right? <laughs> the, well, the, the problem here to is that people sometimes go back and forth between private and public money, yeah. uh, and, and depending on where the most trust were, right? At, at this time, when there was a lot of wars, you usually the king debased the value by reducing the content of silver in the coins yeah. and people were kind of unhappy about that because they started to dif dif differentiate, differentiate right? the money between 
the amount of silver in the coin. Right? Oh, yeah. If it's, if they use the coins to pay taxes with with the, the coins that have less silver in them, right? So it, that was it, the, the, the inflation then. Yeah, well, but the, the money didn't become that fungible anymore, so, yeah. which is an, an important concept of money that yeah. there shouldn't be no distinction between two coins, right? Yeah. Because then trade is not trade will suffer if it's not if it's not yeah. fungible. So uh, so all these wars made that that, that people were losing trust mm. in the king's money, right? And 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 you can't kill all the people <laughs> that live in your country, right? So that's where basically when the <laughs> when the when the money of the king defaults, right? That it's it's no people loses trust in the king's money. Yeah. So they go back to the private money. So the king understood this. And he had to uh, rebuild his fleet to uh, pursue France. Yeah. So he needed money, and nobody uh, was no longer using the king's money. So he basically had to go to the wealthy families and ask for a loan. But yeah. they didn't want to lend. They, they, they thought that the king was not credit worthy. <laughs> and so what happened then was an interesting, uh, in, interesting change in history. So the king said, okay, let's make a deal. Um, you have money, the private money, that can default, and you have experienced problems with that. Because if there's a bank run, you go bankrupt, right? Uh, I have money that cannot default because I can guard it with uh, my soldiers, right? Yeah. So I can kill the merchants who do not accept it. So let's go together and build a new bank, mm. the Central Bank or the Bank of England, where the wealthy families become stakeholders, and then you grant me a loan, and then people have no choice, right? There are no distinction between the private money and the public money. So there's no choice. So the king, uh, by, doing, by creating the Bank of England, the people was forced to use this new money. And the so-called legal tender then. The legal tender types of money, where you fuse, the, where you fuse the private money with the public money, so they become one. Yeah. And and that's basically what the money is today. Yeah, because that was that was the first central bank in the world in, in England. No, uh, in, in England. Swedish. Yeah. No, Sweden was before that. But the the, the England, the, the history of uh, the central bank in England mm. is uh, it, it's it's very clear where where you where you invite the wealthy families to become stakeholders yeah. into the bank. This has happened many times before. It has happened with the Federal Reserve in the U.S. It's it's a very smart way of of gaining trust from the from the private wealthy families, yeah. and at the same time the government can get get stronger, right? They empower, yeah. they get they get more power by doing so. Yeah. But so, so the, the 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 system of today, it builds on an, an event that happened in 1694, mm -hmm. with the king sort of issued pounds. Yes. British pounds. And um, people started to using them because they had to use them. They, there's no choice. No, no. Yeah. And this system proved to be very successful for England, or for the king at least. So people started to copy it in other countries. Yes, yes. It's we successful have... because, uh, I mean... Uh, it, 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 it fitted together with, with the... Um, the king the... gets more power, the wealthy family gets more power, yeah. everybody gets power that are rich. Yeah, the, the, so... the, the power... <laughs> the people in power got more power. Exactly. They, want. they like that, of course. They like that, of course. And yeah. people who doesn't have power, they get less power, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, because they have no more choice. And right? that's the same system we have today. 
It's the same system we have today. It's 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 calibrated a little bit, right? Yeah. Because the problem. So what happened with the central bank is that if there is a bank run, and at the, the, then the central bank is the lender of last resort, which can always create more money and give it to banks in terms of loans, of course, but it doesn't matter. That's an abstract thing. So it means that the bank can always have, can always issue money in worst case, right? So if, 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 you, if they can always grant loans to new customers because yeah. they can always relend from the central bank. So if there's a run, if there's a public bank run, then well, then they can just take more loan from the central bank. Yeah. But what that means is that uh, the risk of the private banks, if they issue credit yeah. that exceeds their funds or whatever, is that the risk is then spread on the sovereign, on all of us. So the taxpayers or the people of England is used as an asset for these private corporations, which banks are. And, and I, I, because when you fuse the public and private money, you, you, previously there was a risk involved holding private money. That risk is now gone, right? When, when they created a central bank. Yeah. But then they calibrated this because obviously it's not a good thing that all risk taking of a bank becomes public. Because that, that, that's very dangerous because then of course yeah. banks will create infinite amount of money uh, for themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's why this has, this has been calibrated so that there's, a, there's an upper bound how much sovereign money is backing the private money, the credit that the banks create. Yeah. And in Europe it's 100,000 euros per account. And which means that talking about the guarantee on on people. What, what that's kind of that's what money yeah. Have in the accounts, that, yeah. That's so if there's a bank run and yeah. and the bank goes down, then the entire risk of what the bank has created with credit is not exposed to the public domain. Only a fraction of it is. That's the purpose of this. In theory. In theory, yeah. yes, exactly. Because yeah. what happens is that in these reality, banks, they don't have the, they can't do that. Nah, they yes. can't bail all the banks out. Look at the Cyprus, for instance. Yeah. The, the, so the the problem is that what happens is that uh, banks become so powerful so that it will hurt the economy. So uh, governments feel that they have no choice than just bailing out the banks, right? And yeah. now this has become a problem. Because if this happens too often, people will get very upset, of course, because mm. it, 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 it's transferring the risk of the bank to the public, and the public is right to be angry about that. Yeah. And, and having this, you know, this upper limit has its problems as well, because then the banks will go down and that will, could hurt the economy, right? Yeah. So, but in real terms, why is that a bad system for people? Well, a part of it is because it affects inflation. It makes the number of units in any currency. They often they grow the number of units to counteract the problems with the risks that have been taken by the banks. By, they, by, do the losses. By they're growing the so everybody loses. So right. so credit money that is on the bank is different from the sovereign money that the central bank has, right? Yeah. Credit is much bigger than the sovereign money it, because sovereign money is not backing the full credit. If it did, then Every time the bank issues more credit, then the entire risk of that is exposed to the public. You don't want that because then 
banks can create money for themselves, mm. which is a bad thing. I mean, everybody would agree that it would be a bad thing. Well, but banks do create money today, right? They create credit. Yeah, right? yeah, okay, credit. And credit is a type is, of money today. It's a type of money today, but mm. if there is a if there is a bank run, mm. if the bank goes down, yeah. then not all the credit are going to be redeemable money. Only the central bank money is going to be redeemable. And central bank has said that there's an upper limit how much yeah. we're going to pay out to yeah. to to bank holders, right? So so you have this hybrid, right? Where you say it's not it's not this fully thing where you say the central bank is the lender lender last resort for all our circumstances. There's a there's an upper bound what they were allowed to do, and that's in theory because yeah, yeah, in practice exactly. yeah. they've always been bailing out, and that's yeah, also a bad thing. We've also seen many examples in many countries where the, the central banks are printing too much money. Yeah, well, but this is another thing. So what yeah. happens is that if the central bank doesn't stick with its ID and just says we're gonna back all the credit which is has happened in the US for instance they they have stepped in and printed money mm. and said that we're gonna cover your credit no matter what because you are systemic you're too important to go down yes yeah, and, 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 and and when they and when you do that then then you transfer the loss of a private corporation to the public yeah yeah, yeah. And, exactly. and 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 people get upset about that and they are right to be upset about that and so what is the alternative then? And then, then there, are, there have been different kind of, uh, ex uh, there have been different kind of proposals how to counter... Uh, the Chicago plan. I'm not going to talk about Chicago plan right okay. now. I was thinking about something else. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about the, uh, the, the recent thing where you say a bail-in, yeah, yeah. where, where the account holders will basically lose some of their credit so that happened in cyprus that's happened in cyprus that's the new model actually yeah. but that's going to be problematic because if you if that happens too often as well yeah. then people will lose trust, trust. in banks yeah, yeah. and and so what is the best system here and and so there in the recent years there have been some uh, leading economists hmm. uh, i'm talking about for instance michael kumhoff at the imf hmm. he proposed that this this kind of debate we have today happened before in 1930s, which was the Chi at, this, at the University of Chicago. You mean the debate of the day since 2008, more or less? Yes, the, yes. the most yeah. recent debate mm. in 2000 that happened after 2008, where basically the government bailed out the banks. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and they doubled the number of units of the yeah, US dollar. And, and, and at that time, they were actually letting the banks go default right and that has problems as well yeah. so the question is what can we do what what is what is a compromise between these two things mm. and so the the chicago plan was an id by leading economists at the time who proposed that we we, we need what happened with the central bank in 1694 in england and bank of england was not a very good id no. because we need to make sure that private corporations have risk and the but but, but we don't want systemic risk. We, we want should to separate talk about them. fractional reserve banking here too, because that's how they create new money. Also, it, that's one way they create new money. When they stay, when a bank creates a loan for a new property, for instance, the difference between the old value and the new value can be seen as new money. Yeah, but that, that's exactly how. Uh, so so the fractional reserve has basically always existed. Since yeah, this, the beginning this, of time, the, the difference here is that. Well, yeah, but we have to talk about what is fractional reserve banking. Yes, that is when a bank 
creates a loan and have the property as a security for the loan, for instance. Yeah. And they um, extend this debt or the credit to the loaner. And this credit is created on, on base of that security. Yes. So that's, that's the way they create new money. Yeah. Out of thin air, more or less. Yes. But it's still we have an increased value maybe of the property. So it's some part of that money is actually uh, has a real value in this world. But still they are creating money and the money supply is growing. Yeah, they create credit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the question is, is credit money? And, and, and today it is, yeah, yeah. because people accept credit yes, as, yes. as uh, payment. Yeah, they package as loans and sell them to other people, etc. Yeah, but you use your credit card when you pay things yeah. and you go to a restaurant. So, yeah. so credit has become some sort of accepted money. But, yeah, but fractional reserve banking was, was illegal uh, during certain times in oh, certain yeah, that, areas. But, but, but this is, again, before... Yeah. the central bank, before the invention of the central bank. But even in the 19th century, it was illegal in some yeah. areas, like in the States, for instance. I mean, fractional bank, before the central bank... Yeah. So the, private, the bank did not have a right to lend out more money. No, the, pri the private, they, they, they could, right? And, and they, they could issue bills of exchange that were not redeemable. They could default, right? So there was a risk holding that money. In certain areas, that was considered illegal, right? And, and, and but... but it's a definition. Is it illegal or not? I mean, if yeah. you understand that this bills of this bill of exchange may not be redeemable, then well, it's your own. It, you have it's that's, it's on your own risk, right, to accept that kind of money, right? Yeah, and that's also a current question in on Iceland and in Switzerland. They are talking about and maybe even voting about and not allowing the banks to create money this way anymore. Even. Yeah, right? this is something happening right now. Yeah, well, there are different th kinds of happening. So if you go back to the Chicago plan, yeah. what, what we want to do here is that we want to separate the private corporations and the the public money so they are not fused together anymore, right? So you will say that private money, you can use it, but it's on your own risk. And then you have public money, you can use it, but because it's backed by the state, by the government, you can redeem it because it's legal tender, you can buy things with it. That is, that's never gonna default because we make it so, we say it so, right? And, and, uh, and so, so then private money can then still be used, but we separate these two things again and and uh, so that's basically what Chicago plan is is but it's not really that it's basically creating a new certain uh, institutions of banks that are not allowed to issue more credit than than the sovereign money they are only allowed to act as an intermediary yeah. which means that they are allowed to pass along the sovereign money they are not allowed to create new one right so mm -hmm. you have a network with institutions that only does this nothing else so basically what that means is that they are not allowed to use fractional reserve they are not allowed to issue more credit than they are backing for yeah. and then you have the other network of banks which basically operate as they do today right so this is basically what the Chicago plan is, is that you try to separate these things too, because then the private network with the private banks, as they work today, they can then default because they will no longer be systemic. Because you can still go to the restaurant, you can still go to the grocery store, pay with your money, the money will never disappear, they will always be there. And the government, if they choose to, they can inflate it, they can issue more money and then pass it along to this network of 
new banks. Yeah. And this is called a narrow banking system. Yeah. And, and so now the next question is, how is this related to Bitcoin? Yeah, what right? is Bitcoin? What is, it, is it gold or like gold or is it like cash? It, it's, and what is cash? Yeah, it, is pa cash is uh, paper notes. Those are Usually. paper notes, but they were, those are sovereign money always. Yeah. It's always issued by the central bank. Well, no, no there are private money so on notes around the world till, still today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're but, not but, illegal even. People believe they're illegal. Yes, but they're that's, not, that's true. That's yeah. true. But, but no, uh, okay, 99% is legal. Yeah. When you come to legal tender money, which means that you're, you can take your physical note and go to a grocery store and use it. They are not allowed to say you can't use it. Well, they are. They can say. Yeah, more or less. Well, okay. Let's go yeah. to a restaurant instead. You 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 have your meal, yeah. <laughs> and you're done, and you're gonna leave, and you're gonna pay for yeah, your then meal. Then they have to accept. They it. have to accept yeah, it. But they if, can't. if if they ask you in beforehand yes. what kind of money you have, yeah, they yeah. can say no, right? They can say no. Yeah, that's At true. least in Sweden, that's probably the right thing. It could be different in different. No, there are different kinds of. There are different yeah. rules in different kinds of the world and different parts of the world. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, so what is then Bitcoin? What what yeah, yeah. what relation does it have to let's say yeah. you know private money and public money? There's so in many differences. Let's say one of the differences are that you don't have a central authority that can print the money mm -hmm. at will. That's a big, but, that's a very big difference. But interesting, the interesting aspect of Bitcoin is that it cannot default in its own account. Yeah. The, the the ten bitcoins that you have will always be there. Yeah, you can always spend they, them. Yeah, there's no debt involved here. This is a commodity, more or less. Yeah, you create so, this, but it this can this never default because unless the entire Bitcoin network defaults, I mean, yeah. it goes away. Then then it defaults. But, but if, as if, long as long as the network is there, you can always use it. The question is, what value would it have? Well, value is relative. Question. That's that, that's relative to other things. But Bitcoin in itself will never default. Yeah. So that's that's the interesting aspect of it. So yeah. uh, which makes it very similar to public sovereign money. Which also yeah, but a global default. sort of type of, or it's not really related to any. It's not related to anything, but it cannot default, right? Unless the entire Bitcoin network defaults. But private money hmm. is usually backed by something, backed by wealth, or or even you know go, you go to a pub and you have some kind of tokens that you can use to buy beers with. Yeah. That is a local community money. But what happens if that pub goes away? Well, then the money becomes worthless, right? You, you can't use it anymore. Yeah. But but with Bitcoin, but, that never happens, right? Because as long as the network is there yeah. and people are all around the world, if you have balance, Bitcoin balance, oh. you can always use it. Yeah. So, but if we summarize sort of yeah. different types of money before going to, on to Bitcoin, yeah. um, Bitcoin is created through this network, all these nodes that are so-called miners. These miners are searching for a very difficult to find solution to confirm the next block of transactions. They use something called proof of work, which um, proves that a number of computers have worked a lot, spent a lot of energy to mint each Bitcoin. So they are sort of transferring or converting energy into a digital commodity. So if you compare to fiat money, which was, is created out of thin air at will, somebody says that we're going to create this money. And people believe in that, have a trust in that. This kind of money is more like gold in that sense, as you have to sort of dig it out of the digital world or cyber world, but it's not. 
it is not exactly the same as gold, of course. You can do, you can do, you can divide, you can make very small units very easily, and you can send it over email. Well, you can do that with gold too, but not the email. But no. you can divide it up into gold atoms. You can, but it's very, much more you know <laughs> troublesome. <laughs> yeah, to weigh it's, them and stuff. Yeah, it's hard when you get to individual atoms. Yeah, <laughs> but the the the. the main objection you get from people when you start talking about Bitcoin is that, oh, how can that have any value? It's just digital. You can just copy it. But we talked about it in, in the last episode, how you, know, you can't copy it. Well, gold Bitcoin. has no value either. It's, it's it, There's nothing that has intrinsic value, right? So it's all based, yeah. based on trust, right? But Bitcoin has this fantastic uh, property that gold also has that, first of all, it's there's a finance supply. Yeah, uh, yeah. At least if you, if you aggregate, if, if you take all the money that will exist for its entire history, yeah. then it's a fixed money supply. So that's kind of interesting, right? That's an interesting aspect of, of, of Bitcoin, which makes it... Similar it, to gold. It makes, makes it similar to gold. Uh, At least until we start mining gold on asteroids and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, uh, so that, in that regard, Bitcoin is even more finite than gold, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're more valuable in the long run. In the long run. So if you, if you get visited by aliens that comes with their saucers in gold and land on the Earth, then we have yeah. problems. But listen, but... <laughs> the, the algorithm and the Bitcoin network. Yeah. The, the very interesting thing about it is that you don't have connections to the real world outside. You know, we have to sell Bitcoin to pay your electricity bill if you're a miner. But other than that, Bitcoin is sort of um, very much integrated you don't need any connections. You can't, can't attack Bitcoin because it does, it's not connected to other things in the world. Yeah. So, so the interesting aspect is that uh, the other interesting aspect of Bitcoin is the transfer, transferability. That, it's, that you can transfer yeah. across the globe, right? So the first of all, network, the transaction, transaction network. Yeah. So first of all, you have this thing that cannot default, right? It, yeah. it can only default if everybody stops believing in it. And so if everybody stop, stops their machines, they're yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. close down the internet or whatever. And today we have between 50,000 and 100,000 nodes running this network. No, 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 no. It's uh, about a couple of thousand. Oh, sorry, between 5,000 and 10,000. No, I think it's more like two, 3,000 or something like that. Depends, well, on, depends on which monitor you check. Well, there's that's some, true. Some yeah. say about 5,000, some up to 10,000. Okay. Yeah. Have, uh, a, have a list of monitors. All right. So, so anyway, so... Yeah, but these nodes, yeah. these yeah. nodes run the network. These nodes, um, this is how you sort of um, propagate transactions all over the world. And these nodes, you don't need this many nodes that we have today to run the network. We could have much less nodes than 5,000. So there are different people who have different opinions about how many nodes there should be, of course. Yeah. But if you ask me, what, what is my opinion? And I think that because of the proof of work, that that's the most interesting aspect of, of Bitcoin because yeah. it makes it possible for you to basically identify if you are on the right chain or not. Yeah, but because, let's, let's talk about proof of work yeah. and how it started. Because it started in 2009, in January. Yes. It's the so-called Genesis block. Satoshi Nakamoto, he wrote a white paper. Yes. And then he wrote the first client, the first code. Yeah. And in that code, we have the word blockchain. Yeah. Right. So in 2009, uh, this, the first block was created. And since then, we have created new blocks that build on the last block, the three previous block. Yes. So now we're in 2015 and we're block number 400,000 soon or something like that. Well, in, in a, soon enough it yeah. will be. Yeah. So what is Bitcoin then? Yeah, bit, I would say that Bitcoin is 
the longest chain with the most proof of work behind it. Yeah, these machines that are searching for these blocks, they yeah. expand energy to yeah. create this proof of work. Yeah, uh, and they always use the chain. tip. They, they, all miners attempt to take the tip of the chain and tag on their block on it. Yeah. And and some sometimes uh, there is a, a draw, right? There, there, the and but eventually one chain will always be the longest. Yeah, the most proof, of, the, the most work. Has and, 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 and the longest chain is usually, but not always, because you can, you can imagine that you take the Genesis block and you create some spoof long chain with almost no proof of work behind it that is longer than the, the current longest chain. But that, then this, there's, there is this additional constraint saying that the chain with the most proof of work behind it mm. That's the chain. That's Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So anything else is not going to be Bitcoin because no. that's the that's the chain that guarantees that your money does not default, because uh, everybody will only accept the, the the chain with the most proof of work behind yeah. it. And why is that important? Because you can copy the code. You can make so-called altcoins. Yes. You have other coins. You can do whatever you want with the with the code, but there yeah. will only be one chain with the most proof of work behind it, and that yeah. is Bitcoin. Which means that it doesn't matter how many nodes there are, because you will always yeah. be able to identify the longest or the mo the chain with the most proof of work behind it. Yeah. So you can know if you are getting spoofed when you connect to the internet and you access a node you can know whether that node is trying to fake a chain that is not the longest chain with the most proof of work behind it because you can somehow guess what the longest chain should be at this very moment right yeah and there are many monitors online you can go and check those yeah yeah so well you, first of all you can use different nodes but if your entire network is spoofed you can still somehow get a hunch that something bad is going on here hmm. and 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 so so i would say that the number of nodes is not super important but but of course you need at least as but many the hashing, nodes the hashing power is important hashing power is extremely important and you need at least as many nodes as there are uh, as there are miners because every miner would presumably unless they collude they presumably want to have their own node right to, to send their transactions on and then there are probably companies that are you know doing bitcoin transactions there are wallet providers or analysis or there are like so. analysis and they have bit pay and you know merchants and hmm. stuff they may also want to have nodes Vaults, yeah. but then you can but for other other people like you know for you and me that that has something on your phone and you just want to broadcast yeah. we don't need a full node we need just a a, a a thin node, right? Yeah. When you when you say broadcast, you mean actually transact? I mean, transact, send, send, send transactions, transactions. Yeah, yeah. and res, uh, exactly send transactions is what is called broadcasting. Yeah, but why do we talk about the, that the longest chain or the chain with the most of work is Bitcoin? Well, because there's a debate going on right now on. Yeah, so there, there's a power struggle between different kind of developers that some th say that uh, Bitcoin should go in this direction, it should use this protocol and these changes, yeah. and another team uh, is saying that, well, we don't want to go that direction, we want to go this direction instead, and ultimately, who determines what is going to be Bitcoin is the one who can get the most hash power. And, and it doesn't matter if you like it or not, that's yeah. the definition of Bitcoin. And it's very clear that Satoshi himself 
uh, stated that. And, and yeah, that miners will always be able, should always be able to sort of vote on the uh, miners are ultimately those who will who will say what is yeah. what is what is Bitcoin. And I agree and, on but, that. I think that's a good thing. I think miners are the ones yeah, that should but, be but mine, in charge. But there is an econo econ economics yeah. incentive here, right? Yeah. Because miners. They, they 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 don't want to you know they do want to, a random thing because they want to have uh, they of course they want to make sure that exchanges and merchants uh, they are on the same pace because the otherwise the system has to work has to, has to because work. because if the miners just go in one direction and they don't care about anything then their money that they mine will become worthless so yeah. it's not in their own interest to pick whatever right, yeah. rules but they they have to be they have to be a collaboration between. The, I mean, the, the choices they make is to uphold or increase the value of Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, Bitcoin. It's That's, an economic incentive, right? Yeah. To them to pick something that is good for all of us. So I would say that miners, exchanges and companies that work in the Bitcoin sphere, they together, but ultimately miner has, yeah. miners has the final vote, what is Bitcoin, right? And developers shouldn't have that power that they think they have, because they should listen to these key players, because they determine yeah. what is Bitcoin. And, and the so-called economic majority. I mean, the economic majority. Everybody involved in running. Exactly, network. because Bitcoin. developers are just should, according to my opinion, they should just provide what is being asked for. Right? Yeah, or suggestions. To go suggestions, for. or well, they can do, but also from the other way, right? From the other side, the industry could say that we would like to go in this direction, and yeah. the, the developer should say, okay, we're going to investigate to see if there are any problems with that, and we could say that uh, we, we, well, you know, everybody wants to make Bitcoin to succeed. I don't think there is anyone that is sinister and say we, we don't like Bitcoin to succeed, right? That, that's just, that would be, uh, <laughs> that would be very conspiratorial. Yeah, yeah well, I, mean, I mean, the banks don't, don't, yeah. don't like Bitcoin. They don't like it. Yeah, but I don't think banks have much to say, right? They are not even involved in Bitcoin. They have their yeah. own little projects, right? So, yeah. so, so in terms of the longest, the the, the the chain with the most proof of work behind it, it's it's uh, the miners together with the Bitcoin industry. But but do you think Bitcoin is too complicated for for people to gain trust in it? I mean, to understand it's it's very very difficult to understand Bitcoin. It's not user friendly today, but I no. think that. But do that, we do people need to trust it in that way that they understand it? Because they no. don't understand money. They don't understand money so, today. Oh, most people, people don't just understand. have to gain trust through a sort of. That Bitcoin has been used for many years. Exactly, yeah. it had to be mature, right? Yeah. Before before you start Trust believing me. in it, because if you know that you have heard about Bitcoin since two thousand nine, it's still here, yeah. right? Yeah. And it will probably never go away. It will evolve and it will become bigger. There are more yeah. transactions. There are more people using it. Eventually, yeah. you will you will you have a friend who will tell you about this and he will show it to you and then that's how trust is built right and, and yeah, eventually the, yeah, and, and some people actually need this currency so that's also uh, a path to growth for the currency yeah, but i a, mean but you, when you yeah. say that everybody wants this to succeed i don't think so i mean i mean there are many no, but everybody in the bitcoin industry yeah, yeah. wants to succeed yeah. wants bitcoin to succeed i don't think there's anyone working with bitcoin who says that i want it to not succeed, right? No. Because then you would do something else. Mm. You would not actively destroy Bitcoin. That would mm. be 
foolish, right? Yeah. So I think that there are different interests here. But yeah. people are, or banks and other companies are sort of reluctant many times to accept Bitcoin. And they're talking about we need a better system, etc. And they're talking about altcoins like Ethereum. And that's the way it's, it's sort of important to understand this proof of work, I think. No, I, I think that the, the banks today, they, they are very suspicious to, to Bitcoin. First of all, because banks normally, as you experience yourself, is that they don't even understand what money is, right? No. And, but there are a few who do understand what mm. money is at the bank, and they think it's so important to have a central bank that can always bail them out if something goes wrong or yeah. whatever, and or governments that they, they can always issue more credit or whatever. Mm. Because the, the way money works today, people are so uh, narrow-minded. They only can see this type of money. They can't envision any other kind of system, right? Yeah. But but I think that Bitcoin is a different kind of money, which mm. is a different system. Yes, yes. And it will it, it, it and it has so many interesting properties that uh, that doesn't share with the traditional money. Mm. But Bitcoin doesn't have a central bank because it doesn't need a central bank and it shouldn't have a central bank because that would be a point of vulnerability because that yeah. is a point of there will be an attack vector that you can attack it yeah. so all of this stuff is created as it is because it needs to be secure and the proof of work is required if you want to have a public blockchain mm. that anybody can uh, 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 participate in no. There is no other way you can do this no. than using, uh, well, you can use it with proof of stake, but then... Some people want to sort of know, recreate this to become rich or something, uh, copy this. And oh, there are so many scam coins out there. Yeah, yeah they're, The latest one was decreed. The yeah, they're... It's ridiculous how many scam coins I say. But, but, but the know. reason is, there are many reasons. Yeah. One of them is that they may want a more efficient system you know, in their minds. But mm -hmm. I'm thinking that proof of work is the ultimate efficiency. As in Bitcoin, the proof of work is directed directly onto the mechanism you want to have uh, executed, which is the transactions, I mean, the confirmation of transactions in a secure way. So it's very difficult to create a better system. Uh, I would say that the, I mean, the, the reason how, why it's uh, the reason why it's a better system. There are two reasons, right? The, the one is that it's the most secure system, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you can't hack energy. It's 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 very difficult to yeah. to uh, to hack that network, right? Hmm. That's one uh, important aspect. The other important aspect is that it forces. Uh, a gateway to the existing economy because miners have to pay their electric bills so yeah. they ha they can't keep all their coins they have to sell some of them and by doing so there you estab establish an exchange rate with the existing economy i mean there there's a, there's going to be a transaction between the fiat money and the and the bitcoin money yeah but many sort of critics of this system say that this is um that these are you know weaknesses but I, I'd say these are strengths. Yes, in the these, these two things are strengths for yeah, the Bitcoin network. Because it creates network. a possibility for a truly decentralized system. Exactly. The other systems aren't decentralized. Exactly, because the problem with proof of stake is that the initial stake is given to a group of people, right? Yeah. That are, then are supposed to spread that wealth, but they don't have to. So, 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 so that becomes very centralized. But mining... You, there are at least uh, 
I mean, mine, the, the different kind of miners that come and go, they also change, right? When you look at this hashing power today, you can see all these different miners, right? And they say, oh my God, there are only 10 miners, right? Uh, they own the network, right? But what people tend to forget that Ghash.io, which was a miner that almost acquired 51%, yeah. they're almost gone. They no, yeah. no longer exist today. So there are different kinds of miners that come and go. And, and, and that's kind of the beauty with the Bitcoin network is that the wealth is not always the same group of people all the time that gets the new wealth. Yeah. It's, it's a competition that is extremely tough. And if you don't stay ahead, you will get outcompeted by the others. Yeah. And that's a very challenging environment to be in. Yeah. But with proof of stake, you can just relax and sit on your coins. You don't have to do anything, right? Yeah. So, so it becomes a... I think the Bitcoin as a currency, as an economic system, is is way better than than any. I mean, proof of work is is definitely needed if you want to create a currency. I'm not saying that proof of stake could have other use cases, but as a currency, proof of work is required. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Bitcoin compared to the... Um sort of the, the current theories, the economic theories, like the Keynesian or the Austrian theories. So the, the Keynesian theory is, is a relatively new theory, right? A yeah. hundred years old. And its theory is basically that money creates work. So by bringing new money into the system, you will get work done, mm. right? And it's kind of true in some sense. Uh, because I can imagine that, let's say that uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, who has a lot of coins, starts using them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he will create work. Yeah. People, people will, you know, if he says that I want to uh, go to a restaurant and pay for dinner, then people thought that if he was dead, then the money would be gone, right? But suddenly he comes alive and he creates work. I mean, mm-hmm. the restaurants gets, can serve more food and, you know, you get the economy going. And that's the Keynesian theory. But the problem with the Keynesian theory is the other side of the equation. Where does that money come from? Yeah, yeah. And, and 
in my opinion, money must come from risk. Mm. If it does not, then it's bad money. Then it, it leads to capital misallocation. And that's precisely what we see today in this today's world, where money printing of all the central banks, they go to projects in, in if you look in China, I mean, they're dead cities, basically, right? They create so much money from nothing. And it's usually state-owned banks or whatever that build these ghost cities that nobody lives in and that's just the that's that's the problem with the keynesian theory right that if you just create money from thin air and there's no risk behind it then it gets capital misallocation so bitcoin that, that however went haywire in the states. Yeah, yeah you have to be very careful about uh, doing that but i like with the other theory with the Austri austrian theory is mm. that if money always is backed by risk Always. Mm. It means that when you lend money to someone, you can't create new money. You always have to lend the existing money, real money. The, the real money that exists in the economy. Mm. Then that investor, that lender takes risk because that person he lends money to may not pay him back. Mm -hmm. And then that contract defaults. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Because yeah, then yeah, lenders absolutely. will be careful what they're going to spend their money on, right? Yeah, that's more of a reality. That's connected to the real world. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just you know, so, imagination. So if you, if you imagine Bitcoin becomes the currency of the planet yeah. uh, in some like 30 years from now, then banks will no longer issue credit. They will can only issue... They will only act as intermediaries. They will yeah, they, they will lend out real money, well, hard money. So. Well, what the what banks will do is they will they will still be wealthy families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe there will be different wealthy families from today that have a lot of bitcoins and they want to invest them, right? Mm. So they go to a bank. They they want to they don't want to care what kind of companies they want to invest in. So they will just put the money at risk in this bank knowing that this money can default yeah. for an interest rate and they can relend it to different investing investing in companies even in private persons whatever but the, the interest rate will reflect the actual risk yeah so the problem of today is that the central bank can distort risk by setting a different interest rate than the market yeah. they could lower it so money becomes cheaper but that's cheating, right? Because then... Now we have a negative interest rate. Well, negative interest rates in terms of deposit rates, right? Yeah. So the banks, when they... But, of course, uh, normally the lending rate is slightly higher than the, the deposit rates. And in, in Sweden, it's 0.75% higher than the deposit rate. So yeah. the deposit rate is minus... But, 0.35 and the lending rate is zero. The specifics uh, yeah. goes back and forth. But, but when I talk about why I want to talk about this is because people that criticize Bitcoin um, often talk about that deflation is a bad thing. Yeah, and so this is a pretty widespread sort of idea among economists that deflation is terrible for people and the economy and the countries. Yes. And uh, I'd like to sort of say that I don't really believe that at all. I think they are completely wrong because yeah. they mix two concepts there's a distinction between deflation and the cause of deflation and unfortunately most economists think they are the same right yeah. and and th 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 there are good deflation right the good deflation is happens when you have more productivity companies become more efficient and that's very typical in the computer industry when you buy a computer today the same computer will be much uh, cheaper in a year yeah. in a year 
So, so that, people that, still don't delay their buys. No, year no, no, they, they don't. They don't. So the idea that people would delay their investments just because the prices go down is completely wrong. Yeah. It, it, the computer industry disproves that theory, right? Yeah. So deflation because of productivity uh, in improvements are good. That's good deflation, and then that doesn't affect anything. The bad deflation is. If there's a natural disaster or yeah. a company goes down and, and, and money disappears and, and because of uh, services disappears, the prices go down. Uh, the prices go down because there's, the something, there, 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 there's something bad happening in the economy. Yeah. Like and, in the but, 30s in the so, States. Yeah, yeah and, and that's, that's deflation because something bad is happening in the economy. In that case, deflation is just an indicator that something bad is going on. Mm. And then I would say there's neutral deflation. Mm. And that's deflation, if you would imagine you have a fixed money supply, then if productivity in the world goes up, I mean, if more services are created, yeah. there will be a slight price deflation. Yeah, your currency should be more valued. I mean, it, it, well, more. it doesn't matter because it's a, if it's a unit of account and there's a, a slight price deflation, then then it's it's going to be neutral because it's not going to be bad. It's it ha it happens because you know there are more services being provided. It's yeah. the same thing that a computer computer gets cheaper. It's a but this is neutral. But Computers most, is productivity improvement. Yeah, but most central bank bosses they want to sort of keep the inflation at a certain rate, like two percent. Yeah, uh, usually or because 3%. The, yeah, and and, 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 and I that, think that's an economic theory. That's an economic that's, theory that's been been testing for so many years now. And it doesn't no, work because it no, just no. transfers money from the people that are only having currencies that don't own other stuffs like properties or gold so, to the rich people. No, so the inflation theory, I think, comes from Keynesian economy where they think that yeah. creating new money will also create econo economic activity. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's true. Yeah. But the problem is that if money comes from nowhere... It, it's not associated with risk. Then you get yeah. capital misallocation. So I think... If everybody were exactly the same uh, as rich as everybody else, then it would be probably a pretty good system. <laughs> so there's this talk about helicopter money now, but, yeah. but I don't know. I, I don't believe in any of that thing. I think it's no. perfectly viable to have an economic system where the money supply is fixed, uh, as in Bitcoin, and, and, and then the lending, when you lend money, the, the interest rate would reflect the actual risk. Yeah. And that's a good thing because that will prevent capital misallocation. Now, some would say that this will stifle economy. And, and mm. I, I think that's, no, it's not going to stifle because people want to eat food. They need to buy food to survive. So yeah. <laughs> something has to exchange in order to get the economy going. So mm. I don't believe in that. And by the way, it has been zero inflation now for the last couple of years. Nothing bad is happening. Uh, no, no. Productivity in Sweden is pretty idea. good, actually. I mean, yeah. economic growth is like 2-3%. I mean... Yeah, in the States, yeah. too. So, right now. Yeah. But uh, this episode was about what is Bitcoin. And then we delved into what is money more, yeah. more than we delved into what is Bitcoin. Yeah. But let's just talk a bit more about what Bitcoin is. Because there's also this so-called blockchain where you can sort of timestamp information into the blockchain. And you could and can write smart contracts. Programmable. This is programmable money, Bitcoin, compared to other types of money. These are totally new features. There have never been these kind of features in any type of money ever before invented, right? Correct. So it's a, it's a new type of money. 
And it's not like the other types of money. Yes. It's a totally new kind of money. It's a totally new kind of money, precisely yeah. as the central bank money was new. also a totally new kind of money in yeah. 1694. Yeah, so we so, have 1694 and then we have 2008. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the definition of money is going to change and it's yeah. it has changed and it's going to continue changing, right? But this concept of programmable, programmable money mm. in Bitcoin has an extremely interesting property because one of the things that Bitcoin uh, enables is that you can create derivatives that are fully backed. And, uh, and this and, is very interesting. Yeah, the derivatives that are fully but backed. We, I think we should sort of talk yeah. about deri derivatives, yeah. but maybe the next episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's going to be in, yeah. in episode three. Because, <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to talk about, more about the blockchain and mm. sort of the so-called idea of notarizing or time stamping, yes. uh, providing provenance on unique properties, etc. In the last episode, we said that I talked about the blockchain. What is the blockchain as a word? And um, I said the, that Satoshi Nakamoto did not mention the word blockchain in his white paper, which is true, but he did mention it in the code, in the, the source code, client, yeah. in the source code. Yeah. Which is interesting. So the word blockchain, the word. Blockchain, it's not frequently. It's no, very no. infrequent. Yeah. But there is a class called blockchain, and there is a, there there is a comment says blockchain and yeah so it's an it's a very implicit concept in his source code i would say so he yeah. was very full aware about what it was and what it was supposed to do and right now the blockchain is so popular it's so trendy any any it company or any any self-respecting fine fintech company or financial company are looking into the blockchain so as, as a technology they say this technology drives Bitcoin and you can copy it and do other things with it. Yes, whatever you can do other things with it But you cannot do currencies. That's my that's my uh, opinion on it. Yeah, yeah uh, But, but the, you can timestamp stuff you can create transparency and provenance for instance So authorities should love the blockchain in, in the long run when they start to understand it I mean, yeah, so the interesting aspect is that although they, they can demand more transparency yeah. from companies from although private companies. although Bitcoin is money it's it's or a, or a currency it can also do other things you can yeah. use the blockchain you can use the money not as money but as tokens for something else right and because it's programmable you can encode things in these tokens to do something else yeah so if people so, agree on that that's yeah so, the derivative part also no 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 but what i'm saying is that you can you can use a token to say that uh, i'm gonna use this transaction to prove that uh, a for, uh, um, a picture was taken at a particular time, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so you you could you can encode, you can take the digital signature of a picture or photo, photograph, and you can embed that in a transaction yeah, using, and, and you need and only monetary transactions are allowed. So you there there will be you need to have some money spent, but when you do that, you can encode other things in that trans transaction. For instance, uh, a, a digital signature of something that has occurred in the real world. So that, that gives you um, uh, use of the Bitcoin blockchain to do other things. And because Bitcoin blockchain is Im impossible to fake, yeah. it becomes a public history, a perfect track record that mm -hmm. something has happened. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's kind of similar to what, you know, the when when you get uh, kidnapped or something you you have this you take the daily newspaper 
next to the person and take a photograph to yeah. prove that this happened at this time. Yeah. You can do that with the blockchain as well, right? You don't need a newspaper anymore. You take the picture, you take the signature of that picture, you put it into an, a transaction of the blockchain, and then you can prove that this occurred at yeah. least at this time. Right? It's going to be interesting to see if that has any real value, any big value, that function or that mechanism going forward. Because you know the, the currency in Bitcoin has a real mechanism, a real value. Yeah. That part, I mean, there, there are sort of many people talking about notarizing in the blockchain, which is maybe totally unnecessary. But you know, let's go into that in the next, in the next episode. Sure. Because I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with our talk about what is Bitcoin or what is money. You can talk about it for like how many... I mean, an endless amount of hours because it's very interesting what is money money yeah. drives the, makes the world go around more or less and uh, but i'd like to just talk about the few things a few things that has happened over the last week sort of the news which is for instance ripple ripple has which what is ripple for, for ripple is a sort of a copy with a totally other rules than bitcoin you have a ring of nodes or judges that are selected these these nodes are selected by a central authority, they get to vote on what happens in this currency. And um, then you have a central uh, central authority you can attack, okay? So what, what happened with Ripple? Ripple started many years ago, and they've sort of tried to sell themselves to, to banks or authorities as a, a sort of IOU system. You send sort of notes to each other in the system, mm -hmm. and um, they have been trying to sort of um, convince authorities that this is a better system than Bitcoin. But what happens, then, then they sort of crash onto the uh, the judicial system uh, and because of the KYC rules, you know your customer rules, um, the authorities will absolutely, of course, require KYC sort of uh, regulatory standards from any company that they can do it from. So if you have a central p person in the top, so now Ripple has to, uh, discontinued the Ripple trade service where you can sort of Buy and sell, and sell ripples, ripples yeah, between yeah. each other. Yeah, this is because they can't stand up to the KYC rules, of course. So yeah. they got this request from the authorities. Yeah, well, do you know who you're transacting with? Everybody in the wallet system you have to make an identification for each, each person, and they can't do that, of course. Yeah. So they have to you know, close down. And this will happen when any kind of currency, that when they're trying to expose it outside their own world, right? Yeah, and tr and have a mechanism for transferring value. Yeah. If you do something else, if you like uh, registering your assets somehow, you could probably do that. Yeah. But the authorities are not going to allow. Well, uh, authorities are going to regulate that too. If you use uh, tokens to, to transact bonds, I mean, governments are going to say, we want to have a final word in this, yes, right? Of course. So, 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 so Ripple now has yeah. lost 35% of its value over the last week, for instance. And um, I don't really, I, I, I'm just surprised that other that there's so few people seem to understand this part that yeah. the, that, that, that the, this these currencies this called blockchain stuff won't work no, together I, with KYC I, I, I'm pretty sure if that you want to do a, a value transferring mechanism if you want to have a currency or money yeah. I don't think there's any future in having a private company trying to create a network or a system that will act as money because governments will always stifle and get in, in their way yeah. to, to, to uh, so, so they will not be productive and there will always be rules and regulations that they have to think about. 
in order to become a licensed money supplier, right? So I think that path is going to be extremely difficult. It's never going to happen. There's all these projects will fail eventually. No. If they become big enough, they will fail, right? And and the, the reason why Bitcoin is has value is because there's no central authority. I mean, nobody controls it. And yeah. so governments have no choice. They can't talk to anyone, right? They can't talk to, I mean, Satoshi, even if Satoshi Nakamoto <laughs> is found yeah he can't, he can't change the <laughs> maybe the third Bitcoin. time he will i don't know yeah. but it's found uh governments doesn't matter if governments talk to him he can't do anything no, no, no. it has nothing to do with that there's no central point of authority in bitcoin and all these co uh, companies i mean ripple i think was uh, trying to push their technology to banks but banks themselves have formed an their own company called r3 cev right yeah, yeah which will basically do exactly what Ripple wants them wants yeah, to do. Yeah, wanted to do. Yeah, uh, wanted do the same to. thing again, yeah. So, so, so banks no longer need Ripple. They have their own system. So why, why should they use Ripple? So, yeah, they so, have their, so I think that could be an issue why Ripple has been crashing, is that, well, there will be, there's no bright future uh, because banks are already inventing their own system. Well, they're not really inventing anything. They're just uh, oh, well, they're grasping after sort of somehow to get the hold of this, this well, technology. Well, whatever they do, it's not going to be uh, money or currency because all the banks, when they issue credit, all that stuff is backed by a central bank. Yeah. So the only, the only institutions that can do anything that has to do with electronic money is the central bank. But do you, think, are, do you think people in the, in the banking system will understand this during 2016? What do you think this will have, take a longer time? 2017, 18? Uh, I, I think that I think neither central banks time. nor private banks, no one really understand how this system works, except for a very few, you know, that are that has a very good training and and education in monetary theory and history that understands money. I mean, most people who works in who who work in bank, they don't uh, understand money. I mean, it's because this is the sort of. Um, beginning of the year so people do these predictions for instance in coindesk they have this article called uh, 16 blockchain tech predictions for 2016 where they sort of uh, a guy called andrew keys he's the director of communications at consensus some 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 sort of consultancy in the blockchain industry sort of, he says that ethereum will win the day many who use the terms blockchain or distributed ledger will learn they actually meant ethereum but I'm saying that Ethereum, as their plan is to use proof of stake, which we have had, we have debunked proof of stake already. Proof of stake won't work. So during, during this, do you think, do you think that insight will propagate the banking world this year or next year? Will Ethereum sort of die this year or next year? Uh, That's an interesting. I I think that and banks are struggling to use some kind of they, they want to find a use case for blockchain technology that's kind of interesting they are they they they, yeah. they, they have some abstract vague idea that blockchain can be used to trade bonds or whatever the problem yeah. however that i see with these systems is that uh, because banks are under law right they are regulated under law and and judges uh, in every country wants to have the final word on well, the, the the judicial system has the final word mm. on everything, so it means that whatever thing they come up with, a central authority has to be able to go and change things mm. in it. And the blockchain is, according to my in my opinion, is all about 
making something that is very difficult to change. So, so they're trying to struggle with a world where there's very difficult to change and try to unite that with a world where everything should be able to be, everything should be, it should be possible to change anything. Hmm. So trying to reconcile that, it's going to be very difficult. I don't, I don't really see how that's going to go no. to play out that well, really. In, in our last episode, we talked about yeah. if, if, uh, if a cryptocurrency could be uh, a sovereign sort of currency. But uh, and there's in the re related news, yes. uh, there's a site called theblockchain.com, Tunisia to replace its national digital currency, Edinar, with blockchain-driven Monetas currency. This is uh, a headline I just read here. Yeah. Um, so th th these are attempts, sort of, from a number of people at certain companies to change uh, into a blockchain-driven currency. So what they want is basically, can a central bank create a blockchain kind of currency instead? Yeah. And, and in my opinion, no, they can't, okay? So there are central, there are these uh, sovereign currency, e-currencies, but they are not blockchain-based. They are like M-Pesa in, yeah. in Kenya that you have accounts with identification and the reason why accounts need that identification is that something goes wrong you have to make sure that you can correct it right and and cash is not about identity right cash real cash is that i can transact without anyone in the world knowing what i'm using my money for right and that's going to be a problem so you will lose all transparency uh, you oh sorry you're going to lose all privacy if these kind of systems uh, uh, go ahead and I don't think people like that because you will get too much power of the state what happens if the state says that you are a terrorist and let's say and 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 you are innocent and they will froze all your money you will be frozen out completely right you can't even eat or even get a lawyer or pay a lawyer or whatever all of that stuff that's just too much power for a state for a government so that's to, so it's a good thing that you have privacy, that you can transact, you can you have money, you have the ability to do things. Uh, and and in, cert, in certain parts of the world, uh, it, the, the state can be very oppressive, right? So mm. or repressive. So that um, uh, it's very important that this freedom exists, that there is a, a privacy, that you can transact, you can interact with people without the government knowing everything, right? The Big but, Brother but, Society. We are very distrustful against any government. I mean, let's say there's a government arising that we sort of want to trust and that, that they want to use a blockchain for good things. Well, the, the, we usually sort of... So, so the thing here is that an M-Pesa-like system or yeah. e-currency-like e system where you have unit of accounts, you have identification, and you have a central bank and that can, can do transactions, yeah. Uh, it's not a blockchain type of, of currency. It's a database. It's a database mm. where you transact things. And and yes, all central banks in the world can do that, and some are are looking into that. Yeah. Uh, this is not the first example. There 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 are uh, you have uh, you have uh, the uh, Ecuador, right? Yeah. And and so, but but this is not blockchain based. The, the, as soon as you go blockchain, and if you try to have something that is anonymous that you can't tie a specific individual or an account hmm. to a certain token, 
then it won't work. No, but, the, but it's yeah. interesting that the media, the headlines on starting the pages, yeah. are saying things that's impossible in the real world. It won't happen. But the media or the journalists writing this don't really understand this. And there's another trend tying into this. Yeah. Wired have been, written, have been publishing many dubious articles in this area. This is one called The Plan to Unite Bitcoin with All Other Online Currencies. And we've had, we've had several projects like that. It's yeah. Hyperledger, Interledger, or there's uh, Settle, and there's a couple of ones where they want to create sort of a base layer for all the currencies of the banks, or the altcoins, or the nations, etc. And there is no point to that at all, and um, it won't work. And this is because they have you don't have control over all the networks, right? So it's all voluntarily based. If you want to transact and change exchange between things that that's what you do at exchanges right you exchange fiat money for another thing that's done at exchanges so uh, so i would just yeah. imagine that exchanges can can add more cryptocurrencies yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about sort of incentives who is behind this uh, these initiatives who are where's the greed who is going to make money from it i don't understand really at all why somebody want to create this now but but because who's back... going to make money from it? They have to expend time and work to make it work. How, how are they going to recoup the investment? Yeah, so first of all, I don't believe in other altcoins. No. I think Bitcoin is the only one that is viable for currency. So those people who are creating these sort of uh, systems, they believe in altcoins? I think that they believe in altcoins because they themselves will get rich. Because they, if yeah. they start with something like a proof-of-stake system, they, they, it, they, they will get rich. Yeah. And, and, and like R3CEV, the blockchain stuff they're creating, is just an altcoin if you think about it. An altcoin with probably no value. Well, it, it's not going to be an alt, it, It's yes, not going to be an altcoin because people it, are not going to use it. It's just the banks. Well, so. it, it, but the banks are people. I mean, money. Well, but, but, but are, it's never going to go speech. outside the bank square. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's going to stay inside okay, the yeah. bank square. But it's, it's still an altcoin. It's still a copy of Bitcoin. It, it, it's just I mean, a couple of years ago, yeah. in 2013 and 14, we had loads and loads and loads of altcoins being created by people, yeah. but now the banks are doing exactly the same things as the amateurs did like two or three years ago. Oh, they are so creating their own altcoins. They're just calling it blockchain and settlement and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we had Ripple, we had Stellar, we had uh, you know, Ethereum, and yeah. so, so it doesn't really matter. No? So when when if, if you go back to the, to the government, if they try to create, why they can't create a, a blockchain type of, of currency is because the anonym, anonymity yeah, aspect yeah. of it. If, they, if governments are able to create money, which I assume they would like to, because otherwise yeah. they could just <laughs> use Bitcoin, yeah. then that, if, if they can't track where that money goes, what, what every account is, they can't reverse the transactions then, because that could hurt the economy, right? It could be that a company, <laughs> let's say, you know, I don't know, a car company or whatever, has a, a lot of wealth being stolen if they try to reverse those anonymous accounts, right? Yeah. And if you have money that is too risky to reverse and you can create new money, what happens if a hacker gets inside the Federal Reserve, creates 10 trillions of dollars, and in a number of seconds they yeah. spread it to millions of different accounts, and, and they start using the money and... and, 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 and yeah, that risk in itself would probably stop that development. Yeah, so, so I think that a, a, a Federal Reserve anonymous currency is never going to happen because it's, that's, that's too risky. A Federal Reserve non-anonymous 
uh, currency can happen. Like a Fed coin, yeah. Like a Fed, but then it's not going to be blockchain based. It's not going to be anonymous cash anymore. No, it's no. going to be uh, M-Pesa or E-Diner or whatever it's going to yeah. call. It, it, it's going to be... Because we define blockchain as something that has to be permissionless, decentralized, open. Anybody has to be able to connect to it, right? Yeah, well... That's how. That's what I see. That that's how I if, see if the blockchain with the big capital B, the blockchain. If you want to that's use the blockchain, blockchain for currency, then yeah, yeah. I would say yes, right? If you if if you mean that you if you can identify all accounts yeah. and you can reverse things, it's completely useless to use a blockchain. You use a database where you can re and you can you can just change the balances of every identity of every person mm. there there's no point in doing a, another another system a more complicated system i think we've uh, come back to the starting point here more yeah. or less yeah what yeah. is money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i think we should wrap it up and thank you very much for this uh, episode i'm glad to be here if you have any specific questions dear uh, listeners you'd like us to address, please send an email to me. I'm a, uh, the address is nanook at nanook.com or interact with me on Twitter. My username is nanook, that's N-A-N-O-K or interact with Datavetaren at, on Twitter, which is uh, Datavetaren is D-A-T-A-V-E-T-A-R-E-N. That's Datavetaren on Twitter. And um, I'd also like to just make a shout out to Bitcoin Uncensored if you if you want if you're going to listen to only two podcasts on Bitcoin uh, listen to this one and Bitcoin Uncensored those guys are great uh, and if you want to read up on the formula the so-called formula the Bitcoin formula that this podcast is named after then you go to thebitcoinformula.com and that's about it so right. thank you very much thank you yeah till the next podcast we're the next episode bye bye take care Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.